On the People of Sports podcast, second episode, we are joined by the three-time and only-time Canadian Elite Basketball League MVP, two-times Finals MVP, and two-time CEBL champion. Now a member of the Agua Caliente Clippers, Xavier Moon. How are you, brother? I'm alive, man, so I can't complain. They would. So when you were first starting out, was basketball always the plan? Not really. Uh, growing up, I really, I pretty much played every other sport. Uh, baseball, played football um, until I got to high school. So basketball really wasn't like my main sport and probably until I got to high school. So how did it turn into your main sport then? Um, just it was something I wanted to focus on. And as, as I got older, I got better. Um, so I knew once I like went off to college or once I wanted to play at the next level, then I had to pick a sport. Um, I didn't really know too much about like two-sport athletes in college at the time. So, I mean, I just showed basketball because it was pretty much the only thing that I really stuck to. You were averaging 35 points per game in your senior year of high school and still under-recruited. How difficult was that for you? Honestly, it wasn't difficult at all. I, didn't, I wasn't even really thinking about playing at the next level. Um, I was just thinking about like going to college, getting a degree. Um, and then I like obviously I got a lot better from my junior to my senior year of high school. Um, and then like once the offers started rolling in, uh, once I got my first offer, then everything kind of picked up a little bit. So it wasn't it wasn't difficult at all. I was just kind of focusing on enjoying my senior year playing basketball, getting those uh, triple doubles at Moorhead too. Eh? The first one, like how was that? Man, it was crazy. Uh, after the after the game, like just finding out that I was the, I've been the only player in school history to do it, and then almost not getting it because <laughs> it was like a couple like a minute or so left in the game, um, and I think I still had like nine rebounds, and I went to the bench. And then one of my coaches was telling me like, "Hey, you almost got a triple double," but I wasn't like chasing it or anything. But to to get it and then to see that I'm still the only person in school history to have a triple double is amazing to me. Xavier Moon, sick name. Jamario Moon, another sick name. How big of an inspiration is your uncle? Probably the biggest inspiration that I have. Obviously, him going through the whole process of being in the NBA, uh, playing overseas, playing in G League a little bit. So he's been through what I'm going through right now. So it's kind of like having, I tell people, it's kind of like having a cheat code, him going through the whole thing and now, and now me following in his footsteps. He can kind of guide me through. Uh, some of the decisions that I have to make while I'm going through this whole process of playing in the G League and seeing where seeing where it takes me after this. So how often do you talk to him and ask him for those those types of tips? It's funny because we actually just got off the phone. <laughs> when I'm in season, man, it's pretty much if we have a game after the game, no matter how late it is, we'll talk after the game or if it's the next day or something like that. Uh, it might have a couple points for me. Or tell me what I what I can do better or what I need to work on as far as like individually that'll help the team out as well. So pretty much on a daily basis. Like we we talk a lot. Not just about basketball, it's about a lot of stuff um, pertaining to life. When you're flying down that court, you got a lot of those tattoos and you got your first one you were you were fifteen. What's your most meaningful tattoo? I think the most meaningful one that I have right now would probably be the one on the back of my arm. Um, that I've talked about in like a previous video that I've done. Um, it's the hashtag that I use on my pictures. So it's uh, TGBTG, which stands for To God Be the Glory. So I don't know without God, nothing is possible. So I wanted to get that tatted on me because that's something that I live by. So it's, it's like a, it's something that I hashtag on all my posts, all my pictures that I um, post. So 
that's definitely like my my most meaningful. With that, talking about God, uh, you come from Good Water, a town of five hundred to eight hundred, as you said. Uh, with your beliefs, how did they remain strong when you knew you needed to get out? Like, how did you still believe there was a God when you were in a town where people were kind of against <clears throat> you as well? Just trying to keep my eyes on the prize, um, not getting distracted with everything that was going on around me. Uh, growing up in a town that small, man, it's easy to get caught up in the life of want to be on the streets or want to do something to get easy money. Um, so I think the the main thing for me was staying focused, the task at hand, and that was basketball at the time. So staying in the gym as much as I could, actually staying away from the water as much as I could, staying with my uncle, being in Atlanta, being on the road with him, um, a lot so that that really helped me to to keep my focus and keep that focus even when I graduated high school and went off to college so I think that that was like a, a big part of it um, just keeping my focus elsewhere instead of focus on what was going on in good water with that focus like how did you know there was something bigger out there for you obviously because my uncle went through it like I've been saying like he, he went through the process so I knew like I've, I've seen I went to Toronto and I was like for my 16th birthday, so that gave me an opportunity to see another country. Um, obviously, he played in other countries, Italy and Venezuela, Uruguay. So hearing him talk about it, seeing pictures, like all that type of stuff, that just let me know that, man, I could probably do the same thing even and at an even better rate than he did it because um, it took him a while to get to the league. But, I mean, whatever it takes to get there, man, I'm willing to put the work in. Um, I'm just enjoying the process of, of getting there, to be honest. How he was traveling, too. How was your experience playing in Israel? Uh, great experience. Um, <clears throat> obviously, that was my first time over there. Seeing, the, seeing another country, um, the food, the people, uh, the people that I met, the teammates that I had, Tel Aviv, which is like one of the one of my top places that I've been. Um, and then just getting the experience of another culture. Um but it was like the war. The, I think the hardest part was when they went to war with uh, Palestine. And obviously I couldn't go home at the time. So like going through that. But other than that, man, it was a great experience to, to play there, be there, uh, see the culture like from a different perspective, per se. Damn, bro, tell me how that mm-hmm. was. Like, I'm in Canada. Like, how is that when there's a war happening in the country that you're in? Tell me about that. It was not what I expected it to be, to be honest with you. Um, Obviously, I've never been through anything like that before. So you got, like, my teammates are telling me, oh, everything going to be fine. Like, you you got nothing to worry about. While on the other side, I got my family here in the U.S. who are, like, worried, like, absolutely worried. Like, my mom calling me every day, making sure I'm all right. But then you got, um, I mean, obviously the news makes it look a lot worse than what it is. Um, so by me being there, I actually get to see firsthand what's going on. So while I was there, I wasn't I wasn't too worried about like was I in danger or anything. I wasn't in any like immediate danger or I wasn't at risk or, or anything. Um, they actually moved me, um, so I was in the south, <clears throat> like close to the south of Israel. Um, and as the war went on, they kind of moved me like more north. So, like, away from everything that was going on. So I was pretty much safe the whole time I was there. But to, like, hear from other other players that I knew in Israel that were closer to it, like, to hear them saying, like, what was going on was, like, crazy. 
and obviously we weren't able to leave until it was over. So that was like a week and a half, two weeks that it, we we weren't playing, but the whole war was going on. So it's different to see that, and then be it's different to see it on the news and then be a part of it. So I'm just happy like we all made it out of there safe and and got back to our families. Three-time CEBL MVP, uh, two-time champion. Xavier Moon, the only MVP ever. Like, how does that sound to you, bro? Um, man, it's it's crazy to like even hear you say it. Um, the, the league's only been around three years, so um, I didn't. I came into it, man, not knowing what to expect. Like, I just I took a chance on it. I was like, yeah, I might as well go. Like, during the summer, nothing really to do unless I was just gonna be at home, but. Um, once I got there and then we started playing and I'm like, man, like I'm I'm really liking this liking the, the whole league in Canada and all that. And I mean, last year was like kinda unpredictable whether we were gonna have a season or not. And we actually went ended up winning the whole uh summer series. So that made it easier for me to come back this past this past summer. Um and then we already knew what we wanted to do. <laughs> we wanted to, to win in front of our home crowd. So that's what we did. Um, as they say, we put Edmonton back on the map, uh, City of Champions. So, I mean, it felt good to win in front of, in front of the home crowd, man. And trying to get to raise that trophy in front of Edmonton. And I guess we'll just see what happens this upcoming summer. How much did you know about Edmonton before you got here? I knew zero. I knew nothing about Edmonton at all. Never been there, never heard of it. Um, <clears throat> when Barnaby Craddock called me and was like, I want you to come play for my team in Edmonton, I had to ask so many questions. Like, where is that? Like, what's the weather like? Like, is the food good? <laughs> like, it's just, I'm asking questions like I'm going overseas, like, to a foreign country. But once I got there, man, it was like, oh, okay. Like, I feel, I feel at home here. So, um, I got there. From the first game to the championship game this past summer, man, it's been nothing but like a family atmosphere for me. Um, interacting with the fans, like everything that I do there, the the amount of love that they show me, um, even when I'm not playing there, like even while I'm here, the amount of love that I get, man, it, it'll never be matched by any other team or any other fan base in their league. So I'm very appreciative for the organization for letting me come in and, and do my job and supporting me and then the team from one edmontonian to another how's the weather like here bro what'd you say what, what do you think now how's the weather here <laughs> man from what i've heard i need to stay in la <laughs> right now man I, I just i heard the weather is getting crazy there so I'm, i try to stay away as much as i can in the winter man so it, but more, more, more power to y'all, man, for enduring <laughs> the winter time there. Cause I don't know if I could do it. Dude, it was so, it was so, it was so hard to drive today, man. I was like, oh my god, this guy. Who I'm gonna talk to? He's in Cali. He's all good, man. He's got those chips, and man, he just dipped. Hey, it's it's nice here, man. It's sunny every day, no rain, nothing. So, man, like I said, more power to y'all, man. Dealing with that snow. We're trying, dog. We're trying, and uh, you were number two. And then number four, why'd you switch? Um, so I don't know if you know, like, Dorian Pinson played for Niagara uh, the first two years. Um, me and him became really close. Um, 
last year when we were in the bubble, uh, he was like my roommate. So we would have conversations. We would always work out together. Um, and he ended up uh, passing away um, last year. So I just thought it would, it would be a, a nice gesture for me to change my number and dedicate this past season to him. Uh, so he wore number four when he was in Niagara. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to – I had a conversation with his mom and I told her what I wanted to do. And she was like, man, I, I really appreciate that. And I'm like, it's the least I can do um, to honor him. So I changed from two to four to dedicated to Dorian Pinson, man. And no better way to cap it off than to win the championship. So um, honestly, I might stick to it. I might stick to number four if I'm playing in the summer again. So we'll see what's up, though. Another day to be thankful for. Why is it that, like, every single day you post a story like that? Because, man, there's so much going on in the world. People not getting to see their families. Like, it's, it's a lot of stuff going on in the world, man. So, you have to be thankful for every day that you wake up and you get to see your family, your family. Like, you get to have a conversation with them. You get to stand up, walk, breathe, talk. Like, all of that, all the stuff that a lot of people take for granted, man, that's something that we got to be thankful for. So that's I make a conscious effort to get up every morning. As soon as I get up, man, I'm posting my another day to be thankful for, for sure. Um, because it, it is like you waking up, man. That's a blessing, and I think a lot of people take it for granted. What's that moment for you that made you decide to not take it for granted anymore? That's a great question, man. That's a, that's like a real good question because I honestly I don't have an answer to that. Like I said, man, it just Maybe it was a book I was reading or, or somebody said something to me that that made me think another way. But like I said, man, it just you find like the little stuff the, the little stuff is what is what mostly taken for granted. Like like I said, being able to walk get up and walk into the bathroom, that type of stuff. I mean, I don't I don't I honestly don't know like what made me start doing it. But I'm, I'm it's definitely something that I'm glad I started doing because now a lot of people on my stories are starting to do it too. And are, do you do you appreciate life more now that you like live by that? I guess most definitely, man. I'm not trying to take uh, any opportunity for granted. Uh, every opportunity I get, man, I'm trying to make the most of it. Even me being in LA, obviously, people may say that I'm not playing the way that I usually play, which is uh, which is crazy because I mean, like I said, I'm, I embrace whatever role I'm in, um, but. Now you gotta everything gotta be gotta you gotta be thankful for everything. Not just life, but everything around you, the people around you. So I think that's like a big part of why why I say it. For sure, bro, and I'll go caliente clippers. But before that, in twenty nineteen, you're part of the Raptors nine oh five. How much different is Xavier Moon now than that man two years ago? Oh man. I'm a completely different person if you if you want to put it that way 2019 two years ago um i didn't know what to expect out of the whole g league tryout thing and i just knew that i would they wanted me to come try out so i did i didn't know like the whole process of going through the g league or playing in the g league because i've never done it like i just heard stories but being here and like seeing the whole process and actually making it through training camp and getting a roster spot, coming out the bench. Now I'm starting because um, we have a couple of injuries, but 
And like this, this is another thing that I'm I'm grateful for. You know what I'm saying? I didn't take the the, the opportunity two years ago for granted. Um, I learned as much as I could while I was there. Um, obviously, I got cut, which was a disappointment. But at the same time, I learned so much that's helped me grow into the player I am today. So I can't help but be thankful for that. And now I'm just I'm taking it all in, like whatever. Whatever coach say, man, I'm taking it in. I'm asking questions. I'm making sure that I'm on top of my game so I can be as successful as I need to be for for myself individually and for the team. And, bro, can you tell me that feeling when you did get cut? How much does that drive you right now for this second opportunity in the G League? Oh, it drove me more than anything because I've never been cut from anything before. Um, so, like, just being there and then thinking that you have an opportunity to make the team. And then, like, after that that last preseason game, they call you in and say, all right, we're going to have to let you go. Like, we appreciate you for everything, but we got all our guys. So that's that's like that was like a tough feeling right there. But that drove me more than anything because I know, like, I belong here. Like, I'm, I'm one of the best players out there to, to go unnoticed. So – I think once I once that happened, man, I put my foot to the gas and I just work. I work endlessly, tire, tirelessly on my game. Um, I've gotten a lot better since then. So I think uh, by me getting cut, man, it was a blessing in disguise. And you said um, before you heard stories about the G League. Tell me how different the G League is from the CBL, bro. For one, like obviously you got guys, you got the two way guys, and then you got like the assignee guys who are they play with the bigger team, which is the Clippers, and then obviously they play with us. So uh, you never know what's going to happen, to be honest, because you, sometimes you can play 20 minutes, sometimes you can play five. So it's a it's a mental game here. Obviously, CBL, like, I feel like I'm the face of it. Like, I mean, I can just be honest. I'm the face of the CBL, so everybody knows our team is the best team. I'm the best player in there, so – Everybody is gunning for us or gunning for me or whatever. But here, man, it's it's, it's a lot different. Uh, you got to be ready mentally. Um, like I said, man, you can go from – like I was coming off the bench. First game, first two games, I came off the bench. Our starting point guard ended up getting hurt, and now I'm starting. So it's just stuff like that, man. And you always got to be ready because you never know when your your opportunity or chance might, might, um, might come about. So – you gotta make sure you're staying ready. Like when that happens, that injury that you said, what do you what do you think when you see that? First of all, I'm thinking like, man, I hope you're all right. Like I hope <laughs> uh, I be on my be on my team. Yes, I'm hoping, I'm hoping, right. I'm hoping everything is straight. First of all, but then like once you see him like getting carried off the court, now you like now my whole mindset switches. Like, well, this is my time to shine now. Like this is this is what I've been waiting on. This is what I've been practicing for. Um, in training camp and all that. So now it's my time to run the show. Playing with my Fuzzy Chef, how surreal is it playing with a guy like that? <laughs> man, Serge, man, he makes everything easy, bro. Like, him being a vet, obviously he's a vet in the NBA, man. And, and they told me that he told Ty Lue that he wanted to come play in the G League. Obviously, he hadn't played in like 10 or 11 months. So him telling him telling Ty Lee that man, he just he's trying to get back in the game shape, get ready to go back to the Clippers. But while he's there, 
Now he's been nothing but helpful uh, for our team, uh, for myself, um, and like having another coach out there on the floor, which uh, great player, man, and even better person. So it's been crazy, like being able to play alongside him in the G League. Like you never thought Serge Ibaka would be playing in the G League, <laughs> but it's it's been it's been surreal, man. But I've learned a lot from him in these last couple weeks. Especially with him being a champ, do you ask him questions about that stuff? For example, in Toronto or NBA? Oh, yeah, for sure. We talk about that all the time. That's all we talk about. Um, whenever we got time, and we sit in the locker room, we chop it up. Like, we'll talk about how I felt to win the championship, what he thought about Toronto, like, all that type of stuff, man. And, and then he keeps it honest with me. Like, he tells, he, well, he keeps it honest with all of us. Like, he tells us what he, how he felt or what he's feeling now. You know what I'm saying? And we laugh about it. Or we joke about it, man. And we keep it pushing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just crazy, man, to have him like, on our team. Like, he's actually on our team right now. That's, that's wild. Giant, too, bro. Like, he's like, almost man, seven foot. Bro, he's strong as hell. Like, he's one of the strongest people I've ever seen. <laughs> You're like, yo, if I, thank God, like, he's on my team. Because if I was playing against a spot like that, they're trying to, trying to put a layup on that, bro. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> Hashtag R.I.P. ECW. How important was Clyde to you, man? Man, like very important. He, that's another hashtag that I use on my pitches too. Man, I lost my stepdad almost six years ago. And it's crazy to think that it was that long ago. Because uh, every time I think about it, man, it seems like it just happened. But uh, he meant so much to me, man, because I, never, I never really had like somebody in my mom's life like that. So I embraced, he embraced us and I embraced him as like my second dad. So I felt like I could talk to him about anything. If I was having trouble with anything, then he was there to help. Money issues, like while, while I was away at college, he was always there to help. And then for me to get the news while I was away at school, that, that, it, it almost broke me. Almost. But after I, after I went home, I took some time for myself, man. I, uh, I told myself that I, I never, never quit. Like knowing that, knowing where I am now, that I never quit, man. So I think that's another thing that makes me use uh, another day to be thankful for having him, having the passion of him, and then me knowing like my my whole mindset changed, my whole mindset shifted. Like I, it don't, it no matter what I got to go through to get to where I'm trying to get to, I won't quit. So I feel like by the the situation that happened with my stepdad. Like I said, it almost it almost broke me to the point where I was like, I'm done with school, like basketball, like all that. But I took it and flipped it to the other side. Like, okay, I'm going to use this as fuel. He's been here. Like, he's seen me play. I'm going to use this as fuel to help me get to where I want to go. So now it's like, well, I'm not, now I'm not sitting in that pity. I'm not sitting in that depression. I'm I'm using it as, as motivation to keep working harder. So you got, it's two sides of it. You can either take it and you can sit in it. You can say, oh, I'm depressed. Like, this happened. I mean, or you can take it and use it as motivation, which is what I did. And honestly, bro, like, from what you've done, for example, for, like, this league, and now you're in the G League fighting for a spot, for me to you, dog, like, you use that, man. I'm proud of you. Man, I really appreciate it, man. It means a lot to me, for real. I really do appreciate that. For sure, for sure. With that, what's an example of a time you failed, bro? I would say my first, my first year, uh, when I came out of college, I went to France immediately after. Uh, my fr- my 
after I graduated. So I went like a couple months after I graduated. And uh, once I got there, man, me and the coach just, we, we wasn't seeing eye to eye. Like we were, we were butt heads a lot. So um, they, I actually ended up leaving. I left friend. I stayed there for like six or seven months. But I'm like, man, this me and him, we're not getting along. Like I'm not playing well. And he was a first year coach. So like he would be running us in the ground. So um, I left, I came home, um, I actually didn't come home, I actually flew to New York, and I played in New York, uh, that's when I played alongside my uncle. I don't know if I would, see, would use that as a failure, but I feel like uh, if I would have stayed there, I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in right now. Uh, so I feel like the decision I made for me to leave France early, and then come back and play here set me up for where I am now because I, I just I wasn't happy in that situation I wasn't comfortable and I feel like to be a high level player you have to be comfortable in the environment that you're in and I wasn't comfortable there so I just removed myself from the environment so I feel like that was a like I said that wasn't necessarily a failure but I feel like on my behalf I made a great decision to get out of there when I could we've talked about quotes a lot for example your tattoos and your hashtags What's one quote that has really stuck with you in life? Uh, it's on my page. Success never rewards the wrong person. So obviously you get out what you put into it. I know it's kind of cliche, but hard work really does pay off. And I've been working at this thing for God knows how long, man, 12, 13 years old. So it's something that my one of my assistant coaches in college told me my first year. And it stuck with me since then. Like even even if I didn't have it on my page, like that's something that I would always remember. So. And obviously, how you mentioned your Instagram. Looking at your Instagram right now, that most recent post, bro, you're looking fresh, dog. I think those 13 years, man. I think you're right where you're supposed to be, homie. Man, I feel I feel like it. It's crazy that you say that because I really feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable here. Um, Great coaches there, a great group of teammates, man. So I definitely feel like I'm I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right now. Um, November sixth, November seventeenth, twenty twenty one. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be in Ontario, California. What was the happiest day of your life? Man, signing my contract to come here. That was probably like the the best day of my life. Like I said, I've been working at it for a while, man. I've been overseas. Um, I played in a couple of different countries. I played in Canada, obviously. Um, but to finally get an opportunity to be in front of some NBA-level coaches and be able to really showcase what I can do and then actually get an opportunity and signing a contract, man, and then flying out here and getting out here and meeting the team and, and meeting the rest, of, rest of the coaching staff, man, and it all came to reality. It's like that's probably like the happiest day of my life. And with that, what was the saddest day of your life? April sixteenth, twenty sixteen. I think that'll always be like one of the hardest days for me. Uh, that was probably when I was at my lowest. Like nobody knew, but that was definitely when I was at my lowest. So that, I think that'll never change. April sixteenth, twenty uh, twenty sixteen, probably would be the saddest day. Last question. What's one piece of advice you would give to people? I think the advice that I would give is 
some advice that my uncle always gave me, and that's like to be patient. I think too many of us get ahead of ourselves. We want things to happen overnight, or we expect things to happen overnight just because we feel like we put the work in. But you got to be able to, to put the work in and knowing that you'll reap the benefits of your work, uh, whether it's a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, man, you got to be able to, to trust in the work that you put in and just stay patient, man. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to happen overnight. And it may take some years. <laughs> you may work that long like to, to see the benefits of what you're trying to get to, but it'll definitely pay off, man. For sure, bro. Thank you for doing this. And I don't have any more questions, but do you have any more questions for me, bro? Yeah, I just, I just appreciate you for doing this, man. Like, I always, I do I do a lot of interviews, man, and I always tell the, the interviewer, man, I really appreciate you for, for wanting to sit down and talk to me. I like when people want to get to know me as a person. and say Everybody know me as Xavier Moon, the basketball player. But I appreciate you, man, for for this interview for sure. So definitely looking forward to it coming out. I'm going to keep track of your games, bro. I'm pulling for you pretty, pretty hard. You don't even know. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it, man. I'm definitely working, man. I feel like I got a, I got a great opportunity here, man, to get a call up or something. So hey, we're we working on this one. Bro, Ed, Edmonton's cheering for you too, bro. We're still watching over you from here. For sure. I definitely appreciate it, man. Edmonton will always be like my second home. Like I and I don't I don't say that lightly, man. Like I, I love everything for real. So I definitely appreciate the support that I get from everybody here. And there you have it. We'd like to thank Xavier Moon for the interview and extend a special thank you to Britt Prendergast. Episode three is coming up. Thank you for listening. Peace.